I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. So excited I'm here today with Abigail Rappaport, registered dietitian from New York City, and she went to NYU for graduate school. Abigail worked in a clinical setting for six years and had a side hustle private practice. She is her own boss now with her private practice, Abigail Nutrition, full-time. Welcome. Can you let us know where to find you on social media? Hi. Um, my social media handle is Abigail Nutrition. And uh, your website? AbigailNutrition.com. Awesome. And anything else I left out in the bio that you want the listeners to know about you? That's it. I mean, I started working with you in January and I've been in my private practice full-time now for two months. I am so excited to dive in and talk about that experience and how it's felt and, and just the process of that during COVID and everything. Um, so let's dive right in. If you could talk about your journey and, and what's helped you create your business to get to this point. Yeah, so I went to NYU for graduate school and I did my internship at Mount Sinai. I then worked at Sinai for five years and I specialized in neurology, neurosurgery, ICU, and I started the ketogenic clinic in the epilepsy center. I had about a one to two month break between ending my master's and starting at Sinai and I built up a website and I asked friends of friends if they wanted to work with me privately and I started a private practice side hustle So I would see patients before or after work while working at Sinai. Incredible. And what motivated you to kind of start that side hustle when you were already working and and fit in those clients before and after? I think I always knew that I wanted a private practice. It was definitely extra money as well, which when you work in clinical, you know, you really don't make a lot. So I always wanted to have a supplemental income. And I really liked working with clients one-on-one. I really enjoyed that. And when you were working in the clinical setting and building up your private practice side hustle, you know, before and after your, your shift, how did you get those clients? I started with friends and then friends of friends. Then they would refer me to other friends of friends. So it was completely referral based. And although virtual, did these people happen to be kind of New York City based? Yeah. And I actually wasn't virtual at the time. I used to go to people's apartments. Got it. Oh, that's an important piece to make sure we're mentioning. Okay. Yeah. So I used to go to people's apartments or they would come to mine and then it got to be bigger and I decided I wanted to switch to a hundred percent virtual. Yeah. Well, we got to break down that process <laughs> from, from sessions before and after a shift to hundred percent virtual. So we're definitely going to talk about that. Before we dive in more, can you explain about your nutrition philosophy? Yes. So I love fiber. I am the fiber queen, my friends call me. Um, I'm a believer in eating real foods, mostly plants, making sure to incorporate mindful indulgences. I don't believe in sticking to any diets long-term. I really don't believe in diets. 
but I do think incorporating fiber, protein, and healthy fats to fuel your body is the right way. I know this is super controversial among RDs, but I also love the keto diet. I know this is a diet, but I use it to treat epilepsy patients and I am a provider on the Charlie Foundation. So since I've been doing keto, I've also been getting a lot of referrals for keto for weight loss, which I've had to navigate because I don't believe in diets for weight loss. So I'm trying to do, for people who are interested in that, a keto kickstart, and I then transition them into eating more high-fiber starches after a few weeks. And even in my keto approach, it still is high-fiber, low-net carbs, and mono and polyunsaturated fats. So there's no meat and cheese diets over here. Excellent. And then what's the outcome that your clients get when they go through Keto Kickstart and they work with you? The people who want to do Keto Kickstart are really looking to have more structure at the beginning of their weight loss approach. So these are people who really want to do keto, whether it's for um, maybe they have rheumatoid arthritis or someone in their family is doing it for their neurologic condition or they may have an autoimmune issue and they really feel like keto will help them. It gives them a little bit more structure. You definitely see the weight loss and you see it a little faster because you do lose water weight at the beginning. And then, you know, that's a step one. And then I can transition them to step two, which is more sustainable in my opinion. Excellent. And so your work at Sinai and then with the Charlie Foundation, which I want you to briefly explain for those who don't know what that means. Did that, do you feel like that those skills helped you with the keto kickstart and what you've been able to hone in on in your private practice? Oh, absolutely. I started the keto clinic at Mount Sinai. So I had to learn keto from the ground up and start that program. So having that responsibility at Sinai definitely, you know, helped me evolve even in my own private practice of how to start something, knowing that how you start at the beginning isn't how it's going to end up but there's going to be an evolution. Absolutely incredible. And I love that you were able to take the clinical skill set that you had and use it and apply it. That's fantastic. Oh yeah. And I, I mean, I love clinical. So I really, really liked it when I was there, but I was ready for a change to work more one-on-one -on -one with people. Yeah. And so also when you said you loved clinical, was the gap that you couldn't feel satisfied from clinical, the fact that you weren't making enough money or was it the quality of the impact or a combination? Definitely. It was both. Yeah. Once I left Mount Sinai full-time, I went to NYU part-time and yeah. I was working in my private practice part-time. And I just found, you know, with a part-time private practice, you're making a part-time income. But then I was working so many hours at even part-time at NYU, and I was making more in my private practice in the two days. I just felt like I didn't have as much value. You know, I can write a two feet easily. I worked in neuro. I did it for five years. So writing two feeds, definitely something that is important and people need it, of course. And I commend all the dietitians, especially in the hospital environment right now. It is so needed. But after being there for a long time, I was ready to really work more one on one with people, um, having more time to spend with them. And in the outpatient setting, doing keto for epilepsy, I really got to see changes in a longer period of time. And I really like that. I also just felt like I was more than $32 an hour. And now I charge a lot more than that. And I feel like I'm finally getting my worth. 
Good for you. That's incredible. Yeah, I love that. And I love the transition of you creating a keto clinic and then you transitioning to part-time work at NYU and, and like growing the private practice and then you ripping off the Band-Aid and saying, now it's time, you know, so like a very clear stepwise approach from you yeah. having a side hustle to increasing that to then saying, I'm going with this full-time, right? It seems stepwise and it seems really smooth when in reality it wasn't smooth. I had a lot of anxiety about it. I didn't know what I was going to do. It in retrospect seems like, oh, this is a really smooth transition. But at the time, these were all really difficult decisions. And, you know, it, it evolved. I completely hear you on that. And I appreciate you sharing that for the listeners who are just, you know, you want to be honest and then also just um, relatable because anytime you're building something, you know, your business and your practice, there's going to be learning curves and how you, how you get there, right? How you grow in and the trajectory of and what you want to do with the services you want to offer and, and how you want to offer them. And then the curveballs, right? Like the pandemic and all those other things we'll get to oh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. And then how do you approach goals when it comes to your business and life? I think that'd be a, a good time to talk about that since we just went, went over how you were able to progress to full time. Yeah. So my goals in business are in life is I like to work hard and I also like to enjoy my life. So thankfully, I picked a passion career that I love to do. So I'm able to tie the two together. I personally know I do best with personal coaching, which is why I hired you. I need accountability. I need someone to bounce ideas off of. So I always try and get like-minded people around me so they can help me in the parts that might be a weakness for me. I need someone to help me make that a positive. Yeah. I've also really been working on a growth mindset, which is something we talk about a lot, but I can always just experiment and try something. And if it doesn't work, I'll pivot. And I do this with business and in life that everything is evolving. The first time you do it isn't how the outcome will turn out. And sometimes anxiety can really make you stuck without any movement. So I just try and take small step forward really, really helps with having a better outcome. Yeah. And I love that you talk about that and show that on Instagram, right? With your, you know, mindset routines and as far as yoga and walks and you're really showing that you live that life. And I think that's a powerful message because we all have those levels of anxiety, right? Yeah. So from other practitioners to then obviously the consumers that you're targeting. And then when it comes to your niche, can you talk a little bit about what helped get you clear with your ideal client and in terms of marketing? Yeah, so this is definitely something I'm still working on. What I'm really trying to do is hone in on my gut and what feels comfortable for me. So what's going to be easiest for me to market to just because it comes naturally. I also try and focus on who I love working with in my practice. What are the people I love working with? And then I use those people as examples of who I want to target on Instagram so I can get more of those types of people. So that's been really helpful when you put it that way, like think about one client you really like and then try and direct your content towards them. That was very helpful for me. Yeah. And, and, and I love that, um, that example. And so has that been able to keep the marketing process on social media more streamlined? So it's a little bit less of spaghetti on the wall, so to speak. Definitely. I used to have just like food photos, like random pictures. I had random content. I, I had no rhyme or reason for what I was doing. I was just putting like pretty pictures up and now I have an actual plan. I target certain people 
Um, and it's definitely still something I'm working on. So I'm still trying to niche down, but I feel like I'm getting a lot of the people that I want to target. Absolutely. You definitely are. And so just to, to tie that up and give you the credit that you deserve, the um, consistency and processes on social media has been able to help drive sales calls in business. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I'm getting DMs. I've increased my business substantially. It was a part-time position when I was at NYU, and now it is a full-time job. That's great. And how does that feel to like be able to translate that, you know, making more, being, uh, having more worth and more impact and being able to do that on your terms online? Honestly, amazing. I am like shocked that within two months I made it a full-time job. I'm really shocked. Like I know that it is hard. We're in a pandemic right now, but I just keep moving forward and I keep trying to do the things that you've told me to implement. And every step has, you know, every time you grow, there are more challenges, but every step forward is a step forward. So that's been very helpful. I love that. And for the listeners, I suggest the book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. And I feel like, Abby, I feel like you keep referencing these growth-oriented statements, which is so beautiful because it's all, like you said, at every level of business, you have new uh, lessons that you have to learn and new journeys. And I know that the pandemic is hard for all of us and people we know, our families, and uh, those of us also, like Abby and I, were in the East Coast. Abby's in Manhattan. I'm in New Jersey. And to be able to reframe whatever situation is happening as something positive is so helpful for not only your business and your clients, but like your mindset, right? Because there's two ways to look at things. And so what you're doing is you're constantly looking at the positive side. It's really, it's really inspiring. Yeah, I've been listening to the books that I like to read nonfiction. I've been listening to them on Audible while I do my walks outside. That's nice. (laughs) So it kind of gears me up for the day. Yeah, that's great. And so would that be like, is that like a 20 minute a day kind of a thing or just depends on how long your walk is? Depends on my walk. But yeah, usually about 20 minutes a day. Sometimes also like if I'm working out, I'll listen to it while looking at an exercise video. I tend to do two things at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you multitasker myself. Yeah. That's, that's a, a great tip for the listeners. I think sometimes, especially maybe with a pandemic and less of commuting, maybe uh, we forget to do those things that we, uh, we tend to co- uh, correlate uh, listening to things while we're commuting. So you have to make an extra effort to do that. If that's how you consume um, books, but it's really good for the mindset to just make extra time. I know sometimes I, I go on spurts where I'll read more or listen more and I just have to remind myself to adopt that practice regularly um, to help support the growth mindset. So, excellent. And um, when it comes to your offer, what has been the biggest challenge and then what has been surprisingly easier? So the biggest challenge has been honing in on what's included in the package. So I actually like working with clients weekly I find that they stay on longer, but working with them weekly and having them be able to email or text me in between, I definitely needed to up my prices a lot. So I needed to up my prices to match the level of effort I was putting in. And on sales calls, I find that if someone's ready to sign up and they're my ideal client, when I confidently say what the price is, that they haven't batted an eye. The people who are ready to commit, commit. So I was really nervous to up my prices, but that actually got easier once I really was thinking about how much effort I personally was putting into it. I also think of it as they don't call it a J-O-B for nothing. This is my full-time job. This is how I'm making a living. And I need to really 
make sure that that is reflected in my business. Yeah, incredible. I love that. Really inspiring. Uh, what has been your biggest struggle with getting clients on Instagram and how did you turn that around? So I didn't really get clients from Instagram before. I just sort of had a like collage of photos. Once I learned how to market and sell my services on Instagram, I was getting DMs for consultations. So it was really black and white. I definitely still have room for growth, but with each time, each time that I do something else or try something new, I find that it works. So just putting myself out there more, getting comfortable with putting myself out there, that was huge. I remember I was like, I don't want to walk down the street and talk. And I've just gotten taken baby steps and gotten more and more comfortable. And so now I really use Instagram. It feels comfortable for me and I'm getting leads that way. Fantastic. And so the action step from that would be to slowly make small steps to show up and show your face and it gets less awkward with time. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I like that visual too, how you said it was hard for you to walk down the street and now it's kind of cool, right? Yeah. Now it's just much easier. And then what is your process for creating Instagram content? I use metrics to see which posts are the most popular and then try and continue to do more of those posts. And I reflect on conversations with clients or books that I'm reading. So I come up with content and I'm able to write down ideas as I go. I love having a note section in my phone so I can continuously write down ideas and those evolve. Yeah. So, you know, I try and stay on a, a schedule for my posts and I have, you know, I'm continuously building content. Yeah. Fantastic. And so what you're doing is you're taking pieces of your life that are relevant and you're pulling from actual client conversations and experiences to then further connect with your market and get more of those people. Is that correct? Absolutely. And then looking at the metrics and looking at the whole picture. Yeah. And every post, I don't feel like I'm reinventing the wheel. I'm never like, oh my God, I have no idea what to do here. I now have a plan. I know how to target my target audience. I know how to talk about their pain points in the post. So it's getting a lot easier, a lot faster, which I never thought would happen. I'm not creative. I never thought I would be able to like create a graphic. I just didn't think it was possible. And it, it happened slowly. It's amazing. And thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of listeners feel that way too. And I, I do think you're creative. I think that uh, we tell ourselves things, right? Like, I think I'm not a photographer and I can take photos. I just prefer to do the strategy and have someone else take the photo. It's just learning like what piece of the puzzle can you focus more on and what can you delegate and outsource and, and you're doing it, right? Definitely. You're doing it. Yeah, incredible. So now I want to talk about the pandemic, you know, not just because you're New York City based right in the thick of it, but because we're all experiencing, you know, what this, how this impacts the lives of those who we know and our clients and our leads. Can, can you talk a little bit about um, how you've been able to stay realistic and committed during this very difficult time? Yeah. So one thing for sure is listening to books that have been helpful for me, like the mindset book. So it's really just put me in a growth mindset and to stay positive. Thankfully, I have been able to build my practice during the pandemic. I find that the people who are doing consultations now are really ready to sign up. And even though I'm getting a few less consults, the ones that are ready are really, you know, they're ready to make a change. And I just know people need the help right now. Every conversation I have with friends and family is about what they're eating. And 
health and wellness is on everyone's mind. So I try and focus on really how I can serve people and help people. This turns into sales. But with an attitude of gratitude, I'm like so thankful I can help people during this time. I really feel like it comes back to you. I love that. I love that you're truly honing in on being a, a valuable resource and how that can, in your marketing, translate to somebody knowing, liking, and trusting you, which can end up in a sale, but you're looking at it from a perspective of being a resource for them. Definitely. That's great. And I also like that you're saying they're really committed too. Oh yeah. I find people are really committed right now. They really want to work on their health. They want to stay healthy. They feel like now is a great time for change. Yeah. Incredible. And you're knowing that because you're talking to them, right? You're getting in front of your market, you're attracting them to you and you know what they're thinking and feeling, right? Definitely. I have some people, I had an old client that I worked with before and she came back and she's like, I don't have the barriers that I had before. I don't have the long commute. I don't have to relieve the nanny. I don't have to do all these things that really were barriers before. So now she's even more ready. Incredible. And, I, and again, that's another positive reframe too, right? About taking a situation and looking at how you can, you know, look at with more time, what can you do to strengthen how you help serve your clients? And they can yeah. show them that and support them through that as well. That's fantastic. Um, okay. A couple more questions. How do you grow a lucrative business and not feel stressed out because you're also doing so many other things? So what has been your process to get to where you are today? So once I left Sinai and put effort into my practice, I saw the outcome. So once you actually put in the effort and start seeing outcome, I think that that relieves stress. I think the stress is about in, it's like the pre-contemplation phase. It's like deciding whether or not you're going to take action. I find that imperfect action is the best action. So just taking steps forward is what's really important. And especially now in this group, I have accountability and that really relieves stress. I feel like I'm not just relying on myself because you're there to support me. The group is there to support me. I have the support of my friends and family that all want me to succeed. So it's about, you know, letting go of the pressure. This is going to build. It's going to happen. It's not going to happen. You know, it's not, you're not going to grow a private practice in one day it takes time and everyone says it takes time. So just trying to take the pressure off of myself definitely helps. Yeah. In terms of stress, when I, I think when I started seeing patients privately, it was a little bit more stressful, but now I've gotten used to how to manage my time. That certainly helped. Um, and also I love what I do. So it doesn't always feel like tedious work. Like the idea of doing Instagram felt very stressful for me, but now that I'm doing it, it doesn't feel stressful at all. So it's sort of like the idea, I got stuck in the ideas of what was going to be stressful. How would I manage my time? How was I going to, you know, manage my day? But once I just did it, it actually doesn't feel that stressful and I love it. Yeah. And that's a great example of the imperfect action, right? So just getting started and getting out of your head. And so many of us, um, tell ourselves stories as to why we can't get started, myself included, all of us. <laughs> so yeah. thanks for sharing that. And even like on Instagram, I used to be like, I don't know if I can take food photos, but it's like, I love cooking. I love exercising. So I'm just doing what I love and then just using it for my marketing. Like, thank God I picked a passion career. It's something I already love to do. 
Yeah. And it motivates you to continue doing it. And then when you help your clients and you give them the positive like results, then it makes it even better. Right. Of course. I mean, it's a dream to be able to help who you want to help in the way that you want to help them on your terms without a boss. Totally. Yeah. And you never have to, every time you want to make a decision, you don't have to ask higher up. You just make a decision and it's based on your gut. You know, what's going to work for your business. Yeah, it's incredible, incredibly empowering. And I'm really proud that you've been able to do that in such fast time, right? Just a couple yeah. months and you've been able to grow this. And you, despite all of the setbacks and things such as like the pandemic with, you know, people's moods and attitudes, especially in New York. So it's really incredible, like that you've been able to do this so far or so fast and imagine where you'll be in, in six and 12 months from now. I I'm, can't even imagine. I mean, I'm really excited. I, I want to keep growing and I definitely have been making room for the growth. Good. Definitely expecting it to happen. And a lot of my clients during this time are staying on. You know, no one feels like they, they all got used to the support. They need the support more now than ever. So I love the idea of having even my clients right now still stick with me. That's incredible. And you putting that energy out and saying, you know, it's going to grow and you're preparing for it and thinking about it you know, that's the whole mindset thing that allows, that's the whole abundance concept, right? You're allowing it to happen. Yeah. So then if I were to ask you what's next in your business, would, do you, do you have any kind of ideas you want to share with us or just continued growth? Oh yeah. I mean, I have so many things that are coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I want to work on getting more one-on-one clients for sure, but I also want to start group coaching. Eventually I would like to hire an associate. I want to hone in my marketing on Insta a little bit more. Um, and I really want to have a very lucrative private practice. Incredible. And what does lucrative mean? Well, for me, the numbers is probably a couple hundred thousand dollars. That sounds good. Well, six <laughs> figures. Wonderful. I'm going to hold you that's, to that. That's the goal. It's nice to say it out loud, right? And I fully believe that, that that'll be, you'll, you'll be able to get there. Yes. And then just the, before we, before we wrap up here, do you have any, you've given such great tips um, and experiences. Um, is there one piece of advice that you think would be really important for a dietitian who's, uh, you know, a few steps behind you in the process? I would definitely say small steps turn into big steps. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, effort, consistency, and focus, just like we discuss in our nutrition counseling. Every step has new challenges and you grow and change as you move forward in business. And most of all, enjoy it. You know, when you're passionate, when you're having fun, when it's working for you, other people are going to see that and that's going to spread your knowledge of, of health. Thank you so much. It's <laughs> been an absolute pleasure. And if you could just remind us where to find you on social. Um, Abigail Nutrition is my Instagram handle and my website is abigailnutrition.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yes. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.